So Peyton Woodyard tells Kirby Smart, catch you on the flip side. I thought that was funny. I don't know. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sorry, you caught me dancing to our own music. Uh, hey again, everybody. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. I know I boofed the entire intro, but that's okay. I'm excited. I've been driving for a long time. I've stopped driving, and uh, I'm back in Nashville. And uh, Alabama got a commitment today from Peyton Woodyard. Uh, super, super prospect, top 100 guy, pretty, I think, consensusly. I mean, he's some people have him a little higher than others, but for the most part, he's a top 100 guy or top 90 guy. Um from John Bosco in uh, California, where Alabama has gone to California and done very well of late. So big pickup, uh, considering Alabama didn't miss out on the K.J. Bolden sweepstakes. Uh, are they the exact same position, Jimmy? These two guys playing the same position? Yeah, I thought so. So um, really like him a lot. Also, it's a flip from Georgia. So, And look, I, I expound on uh, Peyton Woodyard a lot, but also talk about I don't think this is any sign of trouble for Georgia, by the way, I want Alabama fans to know I don't believe that. I was just listening to another program that's actually uh, based out of Auburn, and one of the callers called and said, "What is wrong with Kirby Smart?" I was like, "Um, see, that's what's wrong with callers, because yeah. when you say what's wrong with Kirby Smart, and then you juxtapose that to the fact that Georgia's ranked number one in recruiting, and their average ranking is the highest of anybody's." And, okay, they lost Peyton Woodyard. We, I love it. It's awesome. He's fantastic. I know Georgia wants him. But in the end, they're going to be fine. Just like when Alabama lost Perry Thompson, they're going to be fine. So, anyway, having said all that, go ahead and expound on uh, my main man, Justin Woodyard. Oh, no, Peyton Woodyard. I, I, boy, I, Justin Woodyard. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Justin, you, know why, you know why I said that? Because – he does kind of remind me of Justin Woodall. Am I crazy for that? I, I sort of like it, actually. I sort of like it. It's I not a bad like comp. When I, when I look at the uh, – when I go back and, and look, you know, because I haven't done my comp yet, when I do, I'm going to give that one serious consideration. I sort of like it. I uh, want credit. Justin Woodall. Uh, if, if, if I go with Woodall, I promise you'll get the credit. Woodall uh, – Maybe not a great pro, but a, a, a starting safety on a national championship team in Alabama. So, uh, you know, hard to say you're not a good player when that happens. But, uh, okay, Justin Woodyard, real interesting guy. Uh, you know, I, I know where he's ranked. You know, there, there is some variance in where he's ranked. Now, the industry ranking, which is a real good one to go by, that's the consensus opinion of all the major sites. Uh, consensus ranking is like 86 in the country, which makes him a very, very big deal. So if you want to consider him a very big deal, you go right ahead because you've got the numbers to back you up. Uh, on three is a little lower than that uh, based on the other services, but still a, uh, a really solid uh, blue chip type prospect, even for on three. But what I want people to, to look at that is regardless of where specifically he's ranked, whether he's the number four safety in the country or the number 16 safety in the country, regardless of that, Always, always, always say this. Look where he could have signed. Look, where he, he flipped from the number one class in the country, from the number one team in the country. They wanted him. They fought for him to the end, by the way, for us at BOL. 
they fought for him to the end. Uh, he could have flipped to USC, r recruits as well as anyone in America right now. USC is basically in the five-star business. They, uh, they, they, they're aggressive under Lincoln Riley, and they recruit really well. Could have gone there. Uh, who else is a super elite uh, program? Try Ohio State. Could have gone to Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame. Could have gone to Notre Dame. I mean, this kid literally, or as Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec says, literally, literally, this kid could have signed with anyone. And he chose Alabama. Had some natural advantages in that uh, his family actually grew up in Alabama and grew up Alabama fans. I think dad's in the military or something like that and moved around a lot and ended up in California, in Southern California. Uh, kid plays for one of the premier programs in California, plays against elite competition. That's huge. And when I say plays against elite competition, I'm not just talking about on Friday night. When you play at uh, John Bosco where he's at, he's playing against elite competition and practice every day. That's just invaluable to making the transition to the SEC. Uh, an interesting thing, one of the reasons I felt really good about this flip, I felt for a long time this was going to happen. And here's one of the inside baseball reasons. He's really tight, very good friends with Damian Brown, the other uh, defensive back from the state of California, uh, also from the same area that's, uh, that, that's, that's committed to Alabama. So Zabian and Peyton, I think, you know, just really like the idea of playing together. Uh, and, and that's uh, going to happen now at Alabama. This was a great, great pickup for Alabama. There's just no doubt about it. Uh, Charles Power, who's as good as, evaluating as anyone in, in this industry. His comp is Jordan Battle. Uh, I really like that comp based on this, and I like the Woodall comp too. I'm gonna try to find a, 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 a like, like if there is a ground between Woodall and Jordan Battle, uh, but he liked Jordan Battle for this reason. And, and you know, Jordan Battle played at St. Thomas Aquinas in, in, in South Florida, which is kind of the East Coast equivalent of a Bosco out in California, right? So they're multi-year starters and places it's very hard to do that that are absolutely preparing you for the next level. And what Charles likes about Woodyard's game the most is how polished and refined he is, that he is super mature as a player. This is a guy that's not necessarily doing it all on crazy athletic skill. He knows what he's doing. He's sort of like he's already been coached at an Alabama, at a Georgia and then he's still playing high school football. He knows where to be before the ball snapped. He does everything fundamentally correct. And guys like that play quickly. And let's remember about Jordan Battle. People may not remember this about him. A starter as a true freshman. Now, it was in the dime defense when Alabama's got six DBs on the field. But the six DB as a true freshman was Jordan Battle, who would later become a third-round pick in the NFL draft and now plays for the Bengals. So, uh, between that Woodall comp, between the battle comp, look at the offers, look at the places he could have gone. There's no other way to describe this, but but good news for Bama. And in the recruiting rankings, if anyone cares that much, I care this much. I care enough to look it up and comment on it, but I don't live and die by it. But Alabama, this moved Alabama up from fifth to fourth in the, uh, in, in the industry rankings right now. So Alabama back to fourth behind only Georgia, Ohio State, and Florida. But let's remember this. Georgia, Ohio State, and Florida are all currently ahead of Alabama. They all also have more commitments than Alabama. So Alabama is going to be adding. I don't know how much more those other schools are going to be adding from where they are. They might just end up being subtracted from 
uh, during flip season, which is coming even in, in greater numbers. But uh, Alabama moves back up to fourth. And uh, there's still some exciting uh, commitments and, and potential targets out there. Um, I'll tell you one, I, don't, I have no idea when he's going to commit. might be signing day for all I know, but I, I still remain excited about Jordan Seaton, uh, the tackle at IMG. Uh, Alabama's recruited to IMG offensive lineman extremely well. Seaton very, very uh, comparable to J.C. Latham, to Tyler Booker, uh, you know, and others. Uh, so well, let's see what happens with Seaton. Uh, another guy that's really grown on me is pass rusher Danny Okoye from uh, from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Jimmy, I got something exciting to tell you. Bird Dogs is back, and um, we're supposed to be getting some more Bird Dogs merch in the mail. Have you already gotten yours? I have not, but I, I heard this was this was a possibility. Yeah, I've heard it was imminent, and I'm ready for the imminent to be actual. So uh, I'm hoping when I get home. From this trip tomorrow, I hope eventually that my bird dogs are there. Because you know what? Bird dogs make you look good. And bird dogs, they, they have this stretch khaki short that's designed to fit slimmer through the thigh. I'm wearing them right now. I would, I, I want to stand up so you can believe me. But I, I just think that would be bad for the video. Uh, but I'm telling you, I'm wearing my bird dogs right now. I swear to you. Look into my eyes. I'm wearing my bird dogs right now. Bird Dog Shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. That are, They're made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud neck fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit. It uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And I promise you this is true because I wore a pair of bird dogs yesterday when I was stuck in traffic in Nashville. I wore bird dogs all the way from Nashville to Indianapolis and now back to Nashville. I'm telling you, I felt comfortable all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code Locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise you this. I'm not messing around. I'm wearing them right now. I'm wearing them right now. I'm, this minute, now. Even if you're listening to this later, I'm probably wearing them. That's how much I like these <laughs> things. So I'm just telling you, they're awesome. Um, they're very versatile. You know, they think, think about one of my favorite things about those bird dog shorts. They're so versatile. I feel like I can wear them to bed and i feel like i can wear them if i go eat at a fairly nice place that, that is true but, jimmy I, mean, I thought you said i thought you said they're reversible and i was like jimmy they're reverse. not and they're, they're not built-in underwear and i'm hoping you haven't reversed them because it'll not. look like you're wearing panties on the outside of your pants but and whatever. i can make a mistake like that for sure but no, it, it is. They're versatile. I mean, I seriously mean they'd be comfortable. They're com comfortable enough to wear to sleep. They, but they, you can also say, awesome. you can also say, "Hey, let's uh, let's go pick up. Uh, let's go to Outback and eat." Yeah, I'm putting on my bird dogs, and that's fine. So you that's, can look, that's, look, Jimmy. I've gone to the gym in them, and I'm like, you. I can go out to eat in them. I I'm comfortable doing anything. We have gone way over what we're supposed to do on this live read. I don't even care. Yeah, I love these so much. I'm shocked how much I like you them. Mentioned, I got that email, and I, I was sort of like too good to believe. So I didn't put it in the, yeah, right, we're going to get more. But now you're saying, I'm, 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 yeah, 
I want to talk about this and not Peyton Woodyard. <laughs> All right, let's talk Ma- about Let's this. send Peyton Woodyard some bird dogs. Let's also <laughs> send some to Justin Woodall. No wonder he's <laughs> – this is how we got Peyton Woodyard to flip. This is it. This is how it happened. <laughs> he's got an NIL deal with uh, NIL deal <laughs> bird dogs. Bird dogs. All right. Alabama. Jimmy, I, I'm – I was debating about what to talk about next. We we need to probably have some practice report stuff, which I'll let you give. But, you know, i got to talk about this. Um, Danny Cannell is not beloved by Alabama fans or really college football fans, I don't think, outside of FSU. Um, you know, he's a college football expansionist. Fine. I, I haven't been, but I accept the fact that it's coming. It's part of it. Um, but today he was kind of upset about – he went on a rant about how biased the coaches poll is. And, and he said, it just, it's, it's awful. Uh, why is it, why is LSU number five and FSU number eight when they had the same record last year, when um, FSU actually beat them last year. And you know, that, that just doesn't make any sense. And then his co-host Dusty Dvorak, who, astutely pointed out, well, Clemson's behind Florida State, and Clemson beat Florida State last year. And he was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. We could swap them too. Why why an LSU behind all of them? And then he said, you know, I don't understand why TCU isn't getting love. They finished uh, – what what are they in the poll right now? I don't even know. I'm going to look it up. 16. Yeah, okay. And he said, you know, if TCU – what his point was, if TCU were in the SEC, I guarantee you they'd be in the top five. And I said, first of all, if TCU were in the SEC – they wouldn't be in the top five because they had to probably have four other losses. That's number one. Number two, for all the ranting and raving he did about TCU, and he was like, TCU beat Michigan last year. They did. They did. And they deserve credit for that. And if you want to put TCU a little higher, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Number one, the coaches poll means nothing. It, it has no bearing on anything at all. It is just offseason fodder until it gets in season. And then it still means nothing. It's just fodder. Secondly, TCU that you're so fired up about, that you want to rank so highly, lost 65 or 62 to 7. It was the worst massacre in college football playoff history. And it was a national championship game, and it was an absolute crap fest. It was just awful. They were never in um, it. Off. I can't imagine me ever turning off a national secondly, championship. Secondly, while it's true. I can't true, imagine me turning off Actually, this is thirdly. I need to work on my counting. Thirdly, here are TCU's games from last year. Again, he talks about – he went on a rant talking about how LSU gets all this extra credit because they play in the SEC West. He admitted the SEC is the toughest and that the SEC West is the toughest division. But he then sort of discounted it at the same time by saying LSU gets all this extra credit because of that. Here's what TCU did last year. They beat Colorado on the road. Congratulations, Colorado was a train wreck. They beat Tarleton State 59 to 17. Again, congrats. They went on the road and smacked around SMU 42 to 34. They did beat Oklahoma 55 24. I'll give them credit, but Texas also mollywopped uh, Oklahoma as well. TCU beat Kansas by seven. They beat Oklahoma State by three in overtime. They beat West Virginia, who wasn't very good, by 10. They beat Kansas State by 10 the first time around because Kansas State lost their quarterback. They beat Texas Tech by three quarterbacks. Kansas State lost their top two quarterbacks right. and led led the game 28-10 to 10 when their starter was in. Correct. Then they lost two quarterbacks and lost the game. They, they beat Texas Tech by 10. They beat Texas by seven. They beat Baylor by one on the last second field goal. 
They did. Baylor lost like four or five times. They did destroy Iowa State again. Kudos. Iowa State wasn't very good last year. Then they lost to Kansas State in the rematch. By the way, that Kansas State team that beat TCU for the Big 12 title got walloped by Alabama, who didn't even win their own division last year. Who lost LSU, the team Cannell saying that's I was going with that next. So my point is, I, look, I get it. it. He's upset that there's SEC bias. And, and there is SEC bias. But I think it's not bias necessarily. I hate the using that word for it because it has such a negative connotation because it's a negative word. But it's if it's if it's true, I mean, the SEC is tougher. And that's what Dusty Dvorak kept saying. The SEC, mm-hmm. You admit the SEC is the toughest, right? You, ad, you do see that the SEC puts more people in the league than any other conference by a long shot, right? They have more first-round picks than anybody, right? They have more All-Americans. And Danny's whole point was, yeah, but most of that is because we make it true. No, that's not – it's true because our guys are bigger, stronger, and faster and coached uh, better. So – How do you not understand how NFL scouting works? <laughs> Like, I mean, like, like, like the NFL. NFL guys listening to us. Like, like, there's a bunch of NFL guys going, what does Jimmy and Luke think? <laughs> yeah, let's let's draft Bryce Young. Jimmy and Luke seem to think he's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're high on him. Hey, have you, have, you, have you heard that the AP poll, they like LSU. They must have players. Let's go check them out because AP says they're good. And here's the other thing that bothers me about it. They see Florida State are, and, and LSU are going to play week one. And Florida State's eight and LSU's five. It, it should be about a pick game. I mean, LSU may be favored by a hair. Or Florida State, maybe I haven't looked at the line. I'm not going to be surprised with either outcome. I think both teams have a, good. have a good shot to win this game. But if – and and Cannell was trying to say, okay, if LSU wins, everybody would just point at me and say, ha, ha, I see you're wrong. And I was like, no, I wouldn't do that. I would, I would say – hey, that was a game between two really good teams that are probably probably evenly matched. And he, right. his argument was if LSU loses, no matter by what, they probably won't drop very much. If First of all, if LSU gets blown out, they will drop significantly. Secondly, if they only lose by three or if Florida State only lose by three, either one, of, either one of them falling very much. I don't think either one of them are dropping. Again, LSU is arguably the second-best team in the SEC. Let's say the third. Right. Well, Florida State is at least second, if not – first in the ACC so it's a really even matchup what he doesn't get or never will get or never understand is okay Danny who's the eighth best team in the ACC and he'll say I don't know I mean I don't even know who the eighth best team will be Georgia Tech or something but like the eighth best team in the SEC is like Kentucky or South Carolina you know really good they're good you know good SEC team you find good ones all the way down to eighth best tenth best the only bad SEC teams really are just 13 and 14, whoever that happens to be. But uh, that's why the SEC is so good. The depth of, of talent, the depth of good teams. The ACC's got a couple of good teams. The SEC usually has four or five really good ones and about six, seven more pretty darn good ones. Uh, By the way, yeah. in my what little thing on the side here. Niche, what a strange niche he's created for himself. He, he, I'm, I'm the – he can't get out of it. I'm Jimmy. the SEC overrated guy. He can't get yeah, out of it's it. Kind of like he has painted himself in this non-SEC corner, anti-SEC corner, and he doesn't even care that like Dusty was even throwing him a lifeline. Like, hey, Florida State may join the SEC. He's like, well, I'm not changing that it's overrated. I'm like, 
first of all, you played at Florida State. There was no team that benefited from bias more than Florida State when you were there. I mean, they, Florida State always seemed to lose a game in the regular season, and they were always – I mean, they always were never really punished for it. And, again, but the reason was because people watched the games and they saw Florida State's probably got the best players. They may screw around and lose a game, but they're still really good. In fact, you could make the argument that Florida State was getting the benefit of the doubt well into Bobby Bowden's demise when his teams were obviously not very good but still continuing to be ranked. By the way, I think I misspelled his name over to the side on this little thing if you're watching on YouTube, and I'm not correcting it. That's how mad I am. I think that's right. Oh, is, oh, is there? There's only one L. I think there's only one N. No, no, I think that's right. No, he uh, needs two L's. He, he does need a couple of L's. This is what Danny Cannell has done, and I will give him a modicum of credit, a modicum, and then wipe out. But this is what he's done. What if I create a whole website on the premise that you know who's not attractive and y'all should stop paying attention to because she's uninteresting and not attractive. Livy Dunn. I'm going to make an anti-Livy Dunn website and say she's uninteresting and she's not attractive and it's not cool that she's an LSU gymnast and it's not cool that she does all the hip stuff. And, and if she went to TCU, y'all wouldn't world. think she was hot. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's only because she goes to LSU and she's in the SEC that y'all think she's a cute girl. And I'm going to be the anti-Livy Dunn guy. But you know what? A million people would come to the website, not because they agree with me, but because they're going to be like, who is this idiot that's ripping on Livy Dunn, who's clearly beautiful, who's clearly interesting, who deserves this big following, and she's done nothing wrong. Who's this idiot that thinks Livy Dunn's not all that? So I'd get a million hits. That's why I'm giving him some level of credit, because he came up with an idea that makes people want to listen to it. But I would be, but I'm never going to do the anti Libby Dunn thing because I don't want people thinking I'm super stupid. You know, I'm 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 sure it's a little stupid that I'm I've 50 years old. I've got bad news for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> pretty right. stupid. Uh, pretty stupid that I know who she is. We got to we got to I got to read about Fanduel. I got to tell you how awesome Fanduel is now. Of course, because uh, Fanduel is awesome. Football season about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you bet on, you know, you think Cincinnati's going to win it all, every time they win, you get bonus bets. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. This is such a cool idea. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you, if you love the Cowboys, go take the Cowboys, the Giants, Jets, whatever. I could name all the NFL teams. You can probably do it. Browns, whatever. I don't suggest the Browns, but maybe if you want the Browns, whatever, go ahead. Uh, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. All right, Jimmy, uh, We've sort of cut into our third segment. So quickly, any practice things to report? Uh, well, the scrimmage uh, this upcoming Saturday is absolutely huge. I mean, the open practice was fun. Uh, it was a good look for, for the people that were there to get a good look at the whole football team and, and kind of derive your own opinions. But uh, next Saturday, uh, I, I guess, which is the 12th, August 12th, that'll be the first full scrimmage. It will be the chance for – there to be real shakeup on the depth chart. Sometimes the depth chart gets a little shaken up, 
because of things that happen in practice, but not very often. Scrimmages do. Now, the scrimmage is when all the pieces are kind of dumped out on the floor and then you, then you put them back in order. OK, uh, so so that's what's going to happen Saturday. Uh, of course, every, all eyes will be on the quarterback. All eyes will will be, OK, who's going to be the first team quarterback at next Monday's practice, for instance. So so that's really I think this week. Uh, oh, by the way, today uh, as was it today? What's no, no. Tomorrow, well, today, as you guys are listening to this, most of y'all are listening to this on Wednesday. Wednesday is the first day in pads. So uh, that's big. You know the players get excited. They actually get excited. They love it when they get to dress in full pads and practice gets even more physical and there's some real hitting going on out there. Uh, that's what happens Wednesday's practice. And then, of course, Saturday is the uh, the big scrimmage. But in terms of what's going on, uh, I, I'm still talking about on the BOL message board, still writing about what I saw Saturday, uh, kind of position by position. And uh, today, for instance, I wrote uh, something up on the linebackers. And again, uh, real interesting that Jahad Campbell played alongside Deontay Lawson, appeared to be first team with Deontay, and there was no switch. It didn't look like there was much of a position battle going on anymore. It didn't look like it. Me and Luke had talked about for weeks and months that inside linebacker would be one of the best position battles of fall camp. I think Campbell may have won it before it started. Wow. That is – I mean, to me, that's big news. And I'll tell you something. A couple people either tweeted or texted me after the podcast when we talked about Jod Campbell, and they were like, hey, we've also heard Jod Campbell has been a man. So very excited about his prospects. Very excited about doing another podcast with you, Mr. Jimmy Stein. People don't think you're stupid, Jimmy Stein. The anti-Livy Dunn, Jimmy Stein. <laughs> um, all right. We will pro Libby Dunn. I wish her continued success. <laughs> that is somehow out of this. Because you know what? By the way, in the comments yesterday, um, apparently we were talking about quarterback or something. Oh, we were talking about uh, – I can't remember what we were talking about. We are talking about quarterback. And I said, you know, it's not like we have a quarterback like we've had with Tua or Mac or Bryce. And then I went on and made a point. Somebody said – hmm, I guess Luke has just uh, left out Jalen Hurts for some unknown reason. I wonder why. And I was like, "There's if you've ever listened to this podcast, nobody loves Jalen Hurts more than Jimmy and me. We don't care. Jalen Hurts, we feel like Jalen Hurts was in an open marriage with us when he went to Oklahoma. We're like, we still love him. We're swingers. Go for it, man. We love you still. Come back to us. We are still Jalen Hurts fans forever. I, I bought my son a Jalen Hurts signed jersey. I, I love Jalen Hurts. There's there's so many stars during the Saban era. When we're mentioning some of the stars of the Saban era to make a point, we can't mention <laughs> all of them. We take up the whole show. So I think when we're saying you know talented quarterbacks that Alabama's had like Bryce and Tua, that doesn't mean we were anti Mac Jones or anti Jalen Hurts or even anti Brody Croyle. I mean, you just don't have time to mention everyone. I know it's so it's so silly how people take it so much offense to it. I mean, because for whatever reason, all those guys have sort of been because if you if I had said Hurts, Tua, and Mac, people would be like, "What? What do you got against Tua?" I mean, you know, it it have been the same thing. Like everybody is sort of clasped to one of hot them. button topic. Hot button topic. I mean, I have no idea why. And it's silly. We can't we can't just be. You know, I'm. Uh, and you know, people said before that like we're pulling for Ty because we think Ty's going to be the starter, or that yeah. that makes us anti-Milrow. I'm not. Heck, I, I want them all to be successful. Like I said yesterday, if I, if I could pick one to be the starter and be great, I'd probably pick Lonergan just just simply because he's going to be here. 
He's going to be here the longest. You know, Milrow, Milrow is draft eligible after this season. If Milrow is fan, wouldn't that be something? If he's fantastic and plays out of his mind and is at the Heisman ceremony, dude's probably going pro, you know, when the season's over. So, and I'm not predicting that to happen. I'm just saying that. I'm not predicting that to happen because that'll be the next thing. Jimmy predicts Milrow number one, y'all. Yeah, Jimmy thinks Livy Dunn's overrated and Milrow's going in the draft. Jimmy said uh, Jalen Milrow's yeah. dating Livy Dunn's going to dump her for Danny Cannell. Um, all right. <laughs> we have started so much junk. All right. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Man, thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Y'all are the absolute best. We love doing this, and we hope that you enjoy it. And I don't care that some of y'all disagree. I'm fine with everybody disagreeing. I would like some people to agree with us. But uh, whatever you do, just comment, and Finally. we'll try to bring it up. Finally. Hopefully one day that will happen. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, talk to you tomorrow. Until then, roll tide. Roll tide.